Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Slug Club, where all things Harry Potter and mischief are managed. I'm Justin, Hufflepuff Prefect, and joining the Slug Club today is a Slug Club regular. She's mastered the refilling charm just for bottomless wine glasses for today's meeting. Our, wa- <laughs> our Ravenclaw friend, Abby. Hey, everyone. Abby, how's, how's, the, how's the wine going these days? Well, um, actually, today I could have used it for um, Nick and I went and got brunch and we got these. It was like cinnamon toast coffees and it had like, uh, you know, rum chata in it. That was really good. I cinnamon toast. That's a muggle drink. That. Right. But I mean, they <laughs> Wait, don't. Cinnamon ha- toast? I went to, um, <laughs> so I went to a muggle brunch place because I feel like the Wizarding World doesn't really take the advantage on brunch. And also returning to the Slug Club is our Slytherin friend, Liz. She just recently returned from her world tour, celebrating her landslide victory in the Christmas Cup. Woo! Liz, it is great to have you back with us. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm it, gracing my presence on you guys. I'm much uh, with my high caliber of wizarding knowledge and you plebeians. So. The ple- <laughs> yeah. Now, Liz, is it true that you traveled as a muggle via, I believe it's called airline? I did take an aeroplane. <laughs> yes, I traveled as a muggle. Oh, airplane. As well, airplane, okay. As well, I took this thing called, now I may be pronouncing it wrong, a trom or perhaps a tram. A trum? A trum, maybe? It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like the Hogwarts Express, but it's for cities. Very interesting how they've adapted. And how did it feel becoming the airplane's coach? So it's interesting. Um, I was not the airplane's coach. As a matter of fact, they have it all trained themselves. They have like these two, um, I don't know what you would call them. I guess two coaches that sit at the very like snoot of the plane. Snoot. And they, the snoot of the plane, and they um, encourage the plane to go up and down and left That's and right. Incredible. It's very I just thought of an awesome dog name, Snoot Scamander. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Somebody please capitalize on that. <laughs> that's a freebie for someone. <laughs> Airplanes. Wow. What a marvel. Very Somebody bad. call Weasley in here. We can, he can explain it to us a little bit more. Somebody get Artie out of the out of the mail room. <laughs> if anything, he'd probably have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys again for joining us today. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Rap. <laughs> <laughs> and is also always joining us today is my brother Rob, who's never read the books. I'll tell you, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like we're actually magic. We're not magic, but you know what is magic? <laughs> my brother-in-law's gaming chair that I'm sitting in. Well, yeah, one what? of those like racers, you know. Oh my oh. goodness! I don't know if you knew this, but gamers have very bad lumbar support. They do. They need- I can um, believe that. Although I will do. say, there's some sort of weird padding in the in the in the butt. Like it almost feels like Max bike. This this gamer chair <laughs> will not, not let you that. start gaming. <laughs> Never <Is> that- stop <laughs> gaming. <laughs> Is that one of the chairs that like you have to like sit on the floor and it rocks and it's like you can't go to sleep, you can't get too comfortable or else you fall backwards? No, this is like the state of the art. Like anytime you see like people who do gaming videos, like they're sitting in one of these bad boys. It's like an, it's like the X racers, you know. 
You should send me a link because uh, my lazy boy office chair is already losing its padding. Oh, gosh. So I need something with butt support. I feel like that's your family curse. Uh, There's yeah. chairs that eventually wear down. It's, like, know, it's like a... What, what is it that Nagini is? But she's a maledictus. Like there's a big giant family curse on on her family line. And I feel like that's your family, but with chair, it's like somebody <laughs> hundreds of years ago, back when there were wooden chairs. You will never chairs, have a good chair for more than three years. Will wear down instantly. <laughs> it's like from hold. It's like, but you must carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. <laughs> Your family will be cursed forever and for all eternity. <laughs> and both those words mean the same thing, lady. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we're not talking about curses today. This is this is the opposite. We're talking about liquid luck. Talking about the good old luck. I feel like Frank Sinatra up here. Luck be a lady tonight. You couldn't sing that song nowadays. Luck if you ever were a lady to begin with. Hey. Definitely not appropriate for this day and age. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're off the rails already. I need to save this with our ad. This week's this week's yeah, episode. You've been, you've been finding a lot of ads for the show this uh this year, Rob. Well, you know, I think that people are drawn to our quality. You know what I mean? Like they, they see the value, and that's what that's what these companies are investing in. If only we could get these companies to follow our podcast. They, yeah, they see the breadth. <laughs> Be more of our than twenty page. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they see the breadth of it, and the the you know the fun mm -hmm. and the camaraderie, and they want to invest. They want to see it grow, and they want us to help them uh, grow their companies as well. This actually isn't an ad for a company. But instead, this is an ad for a new celebrity reality show, I believe, that is going on in Ireland. Uh, Post-production is in uh, process and for season one. But I've actually got uh, the, the star right here to give his word. Uh, he actually flew all the way out here from Dublin. And uh, yes, I did say Dublin because that's the only city I know in Ireland. And actually, we have a special treat because normally we have the ads and they're not in studio here with me. But we've got him here in the studio, ready right now. Um, our our good friend uh, William McPubrall, uh, and he's a he's a little bit of a shorter fella. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lower the microphone so that he can get down to it. All right, awesome, you guys. This is an ad for the new celebrity reality show uh, that is going on in Ireland, coming soon. Uh, we're bringing the luck of the Irish here. Let's hear about Pot of Fools Gold. William, heyo. Hey, top of the morning to you. My name is William McPubrall, or they also call me Wooly Willy, on account that I own the thickest wool sweater this side of Dublin. <laughs> and I'm bringing you Ireland's new leprechaun show, where we go around finding all of Britain's greatest celebrities, and we smack them in the shillelagh. It's called <laughs> Pot of Fool's Gold. <laughs> if you join in with us this season, we go all throughout the greatest land that's ever been known and also the land right next to it Great Britain and find all of your favorite celebrities just like Michael Caine oh hello there, are you Michael Caine by any chance? oh yes yes I am, have you seen my movies? yes I've seen them I saw how you played a stone cold dead man in, in the Muppets Christmas Carol <laughs> oh yes, yes I was and I was also in the, the movie with the lions with Robert Duvall. 
<laughs> Secondhand lions. <laughs> well, Michael, it's me, it's me, Wooly McPubron, and I'm gonna smack out of Shelly. Oh, oh. Not Michael. <laughs> also, we've got your favorite superhero from the last five years, Tom Holland. Hi, Tom, Tom, Spider Man, is it? Could it be you? Oh, hey there, little man, how's it going? Uh, do you, you can join me for for some brunch. Uh, you want a quassin? Oh, sorry. What did you just say? A quassin. What are you... You're talking about a croissant? Yeah, a quassin. Well, everybody got a smack in the shelly. Ah! <laughs> and that's for overshadowing treasured Irish-American celebrity Tobey Maguire in the new Spider-Man <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> But we've also got some older heartthrobs from the early thousands, like celebrity from Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire, Robert Pattinson. Oh, do you happen to be Robert Pattinson by any chance? <laughs> I'm sorry, are you just, you're just smoldering at me. You are Robert Pattinson, yes? <laughs> Okay, we don't have time for it. Just smack in the chili. Where are the drugs going? All right. Well, thank you. That is that is Pot of Fools Gold coming to you guys. Uh, that's going to be airing on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at from two in the morning till five in the morning. So we hope that you guys enjoy. And just smack in the chili. Oh no. Oh god. <laughs> guys, guys, I just found out what shillelagh is. All right. Well, thank you, Willie. <laughs> thank you, Willie. Willie. We'll, we'll thank you, Willie. Willie. All right, so that's Pot of Fool's Gold coming uh, to TV, you guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited. It should be like the Irish version of Punked. Well, Rob, like you said, um, today's brew that we're going to be talking about is not for fools. It is not a Pot of Fool's Gold, but it is still a Pot of Gold, if brewed correctly, that is. Abby, you said that you were sitting in your potions class recently, and you guys just went over this topic. You guys just reviewed this chapter. Um, yeah. What what yeah. what potion is this? Yeah. Um. It's Felix Felicis. Felicis depends how you wanna pronounce it. Everyone's a little different. I, I always know. thought it was. Felicis. I always say. I always say Felix Felicis. Well. All right. Now I'm just Felicis. confused. Somebody go like, Weasley in here. It's like that. It's like that uh, Christmas Carol, where nobody knows how to say Enoch Chelsea's. <laughs> I mean, Felicis makes more sense. I feel like if if it was Felicis, it would have like ease on the end. But I've heard both. Anyway, so yes, we were discussing Felix Felicis, which is liquid luck, a magical potion that makes you lucky. And Abby, you scored higher than I did on our owls for potions. So when you break down Felix Felicis, what what does that mean? Like, does it have some kind of like Latin meaning? You said liquid uh, luck. Yeah, it is basically just Latin for luck, luck. <laughs> so it's like luck, luck. That's what the potion luck, means. Luck. So if you are doubting anything at all, it is a very lucky potion. And you but, said that yeah. the person who drinks this potion, then becomes all of a lucky. sudden just becomes lucky in all of their endeavors that they do. Yeah. So like 
It depends on how much you drink, but they say like the correct serving or portion of it would give you the perfect day where it's just 12 hours of everything going your way. So every attempt that, that you make, it'll be successful. So like you can just take these as often as you want. Like there's no like, there's nothing well, stopping you from so like taking a not... swig, taking a swig, taking a swig. So, I mean, it's not recommended to take it all the time because overuse of it, like it'll kind of cause reckless behavior, right? Because, I mean, you're going to become like overconfident in your abilities and you're going to be like, I'm so lucky I can get away with whatever. And it can be pretty dangerous to take too much of it, but also it can be highly toxic in large quantities. Probably not recommended to have too much lucky potion. To be honest, this is sounding just like white wine to me. Three dollars. What? 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 All right, here I I've broken out my advanced potions book, advanced potion making book, and I do see that it is not recommended to be constantly drinking this. So it it does kind of have its limits in a sense that you can't just keep using this, or else you're going to get too overconfident. I think my notes are even saying that it could lead to much more severe consequences because of the recklessness that you could be um, engaging in. Well, I mean, too much of anything is not necessarily a good thing, right? Like, I feel, I mean, even too much water can kill someone. So drinking something that's called drowning, Abby. (laughs) Okay, no, that's when you put it in your lungs. (laughs) No, no, but I agree like, with you, Abby. Oscar Wilde but, once said everything in moderation, including moderation. So obviously, like, you know, as I said, even like too much water can kill someone. So it's like if you're going to be drinking like something that's going to be making you over and like overinflated sense of like, I can do whatever I want. Everything's going to go my way. And you just constantly like consume that. It's mm-hmm. going to make you borderline reckless to the point where it's like, I could jump off of the Grand Canyon and something will save me and then it probably won't. So it does have somewhat of a limit as far as like it'll make you more successful in the things that you're doing that are possible to achieve. Like you can't just take a swig of this liquid luck and okay, like I can do anything in the world. I would say, yeah, within the realms of possibility. For example, um, when Harry distributes some of the potion like when he went with Dumbledore to um, retrieve the locket from the cave he had a bad feeling about like what would happen when they were gone because he knew that Malfoy was up to something and he knew that like Hogwarts being left without Dumbledore would put it in a very like precarious situation and so he gave what was left of his liquid luck that because he only drank like a mouthful when he wanted to use it to try and like talk to Slughorn and he gave what was left to like Ron and Hermione and he said if anything happens while I'm gone drink this so that way you guys will probably be okay later on you know a bunch of Death Eaters broke in and Ginny, Ron, Harry, Luna, um, Neville they all drank some like what was left of the potion I think And they were saying, like, we should have died. We should have, like, there was so many, like, jinxes and, like, curses that, like, came at us that should have hit us. And then it would just, like, 
go like it would just like miss us by an inch it would just deflect slightly within the realm of passability right where it's like if there can be marginal error like it kind of seizes that opportunity it's chaos magic like the scarlet witch so we do see this liquid luck pop up throughout the series obviously harry gives some to ron jenny and hermione for the battle at the astronomy tower where they miraculously evade Death Eater attacks and are able to leave with their life. We also see it with Harry. He uses it personally in order to follow through with Dumbledore's request that he had for Harry to um, retrieve this memory that had been altered from Professor Slughorn that regarded Voldemort's plan in the first place was to split his soul into these different horcruxes so that he could live eternally. Other times that we see it throughout the series is when Harry pretends to give a little bit to Ron for their Quidditch match to give him a little bit of added confidence. And so um, it ended up that Ron did not need this liquid luck in the first place, which begs the question, are the effects of liquid luck real? Because... You know, who can say, oh, well, you're just lucky. That's why everything's going in your favor. Or is it more of like a placebo effect where you're just thinking that you're lucky and you're just thinking that everything's going to go your way? Well, I think we have to remember that Hermione, even in the books, jinxed Cormac McLaggen, who was going to get that last goal and then missed. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it made him any better. I think him, it gave him the confidence that he needed, but I don't think that it questions the legitimacy of Felix Felicis. Because Harry had within, it was within possible limits for Harry to acquire this trust from Professor Slughorn to give him the unaltered memory of Tom Riddle way back in the day when he had originally sought out information about Horcruxes from him about this dark magic. So really, right. it was within the realm of possibility that Harry could have did this without Felix Felicis anyways. Are you Maybe. are you saying, Jay, that, that Felix Felicis is like the ultimate placebo of the wizarding world? But like, because Harry had taken the potion, like he suddenly was compelled to like go, f go for that walk. And then he felt like, you know what? I'm going to head toward Hagrid's. And then on his way there, he ran into Slughorn and it compelled him to do things where that he wasn't originally going to do. And because right. of that, it snowballed into that situation where he could get that information. Did it really so, compel no him to do things, though, out of his normal routine, though? Because I, mean, I was watching. He was, he was so I was feeling like going then until he took the potion. I'm not saying going to visit Hagrid is out of routine for him, but like in that like, moment. So I was watching one of our competitors' videos. I was watching Super Carlin Brothers. And I like to say that there are competitors and there are rivals, even though they have millions of followers and we have 15. But <laughs> regardless, and we appreciate every single one of you 15. They did bring up a good point. It's to my understanding that Hagrid had approached Harry and asked for help in order to bury Aragog after he had passed. Is that right? Yes. That is, so, is it really yeah. is it really out of the norm for Harry? to say no to Hagrid. He yeah, wasn't like, supposed to be leaving the castle. Yeah, be, like, he ended up, like, but because he took the potion, it was like, you know what? You should just go. And, like, when he took that potion, he said he was going to go to Hagrid's, 
like Hermione and Ron were kind of alarmed. They're like, what? No, like you need to use this potion to talk to Slughorn. You shouldn't be using it to try and get to Hagrid's. I think Hogwarts, like they even were like locking it up at night or something, right? Like they had protective spells yeah. so you couldn't leave. Oh, like that yeah, stopped just the golden the trio in the past. But like they also didn't have to worry about the Dark Lord trying to get in until yeah, that year. And when Harry was walking, like the castle doors were just wide open. Things were like, as I said, I'm not saying that this stuff can't organically happen, but it's like because he took that potion, it like seized the opportunity of like any sort of errors and it made things go so that way it skewed in his favor. I think what Justin's getting at is all he had to do was jump to the end, and apparently all it took for uh, for Slughorn to spill his darkest secrets were a couple of those glasses of brandy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Couldn't just skip to the end part, you know? Well, I I hear you, Jay. I th- and the placebo effect is a very real thing. I mean, it's, it's demonstrated it clearly is. earlier in the book with the uh, Quidditch tryouts with Ron, where mm-hmm. Ron thinks that he... And the placebo effect is this phenomena where you try to run studies for, for medicine and you give the control group placebo sugar pills that aren't the medicine. And yet people who think they're receiving the medicine get better. And it happens sometimes. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon, the placebo effect. And it's what happens with Ron. He doesn't get the actual Felix Felicis, but he believes that he does. And because he believes that he does, he just, he just has all the confidence, all the, assuredness you know and that it unleashes his potential he's the least athletic weasley i think we can all say that comfortably maybe maybe except for percy um yeah i would say percy i'm sure like Ginny and george and fred were just beating bludgers at ron constantly out there at the burrow you know when they would play with the uh, with the punk wedgie or whatever it was those little things from alice in wonderland no it was you know, i mean it, it isn't dissimilar from that but what is the thing that they used to keep uh as a pet it's a little tiny creature and we covered it in the burrow episode and i totally are you talking that about one? just the gnomes that are around there I don't no think not the gnomes that's cruelty gnome abby and i'm ashamed <laughs> that you would even suggest it we just had a leprechaun guest so, here on the show. i was gonna say but hitting around <laughs> the different leprechauns who are by the way not <laughs> leprechauns are still uh under the ministry of magic categorized as pygmy puff Pygmy Puff, that's it. Or is it Puffskins? Puffskin, that's it. That, that that was it. It wasn't the first thing, it was the second thing. It was Puffskins. But they're just smacking that thing into Ron. Poor Ronald is to... just struggling to stay on his broom. We need to take a step back, though, Rob. What are leprechauns classified as? They're they're classified as beasts, uh, as magical beasts instead of sentient creatures. I'm pretty <laughs> sure um, Vila are considered beasts, too. That they're like, not considered they take, like, uh, sentient beasts. I'm pretty sure they are, or like creatures. I should say. I they're do not, have like, considered human. I do have like, my copy of the unofficial Harry Potter bestiary. Are we talking about puffskins? No, no leprechauns. Oh, leprechauns! I don't know. Also if that's known in there. as the clericorn. Give them the clericorn call. Whoa, Wooly Willy, where did you come from? Fairies are in here, though, so I mean, I don't know. Maybe leprechauns aren't that far off. But they've never requested to the British Ministry of Magic to be reclassified as beings. Leprechauns! Leprechauns are in here! They probably don't have to pay taxes if they're not classified as human. I don't blame them. Let's see here. Humanoids, six inches tall, green. 
Leprechauns wear clothing made out of leaves, are related to fairies, doxies, pixies, and imps, and can fly. I didn't know that. It says they've been classified by the Ministry of Magic as beasts, despite their capacity for speech. It's doubtful this offends them, however, as leprechauns have never asked to be reclassified. So they they are don't. also only native to Ireland, so people in the Americas chasing rainbows looking for pots of gold. You're being stupid! I am impressed. Well done, unofficial. And I'm no and I'm no Snoot Scamander, but I also heard a rumor that if you pinch a leprechaun on the bottom, one day during the what? year, <laughs> they'll tell you a riddle. Wait, Willie, Willie, come back in here. Oh, oh yeah, is what he still is there? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's been here. I mean, well, I'm I'm kind of his ride, so <laughs> and he's only six inches tall, so he can't go anywhere. Um, Willie, Willie, uh, you, if you can just hop up here on the table, you're too, you're too, I can't reach down there while I'm in this chair. Yep. Yep. Hop. Yep. All right. And there, and what, how did you know? Now you got to tell me a limerick. <laughs> okay. But here's one about Robert Pattinson. You may call me old fashioned, but I'm a fan of Robert Pattinson. He once was a dime in 2009, but now his shillelagh has been bashed in. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Willie. Willie. That was very nice. Happy <laughs> out. Yes. Yes. I pro I know I promised you food after this. It's okay. We we've got some time left. Oh boy. How are we going to recover for this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about the, the potential placebo effect revolving around this liquid luck potion. And I guess, I don't know, maybe there is some kind of effect. I mean, we see, that there are other witches and wizards outside of Harry, outside of his little group of friends that also have used this and have, there's a lot of positive reports as far as its use and its effectiveness. I mean, heck, you look at Horace Slughorn, who used it twice in his life, and like we mm -hmm. said, had two perfect days. I like that. I wonder what he used it for. Um, but we also have Albus Dumbledore, who is, of course, Supreme Mugwump. And he said that he would only use it recreationally, but it seems like he would often partake in liquid luck. Though I do kind of question what only recreationally actually means. I'll tell you what, that's that's it explains Albus Dumbledore's fascination with socks. Because that sounds exactly <laughs> like something that a, a recreational Felix Felicis user would say. Doesn't anybody get this weird sense, though, that, like, Albus says, oh, yeah, I use it every once in a while. But then it's like, well, wait, aren't you one of the more accomplished wizards in the whole wizarding universe? Like, well, it shows you it must really work. I guess. I guess. Albus Dumbledore is not going to be confused by Gillyweed. So we got a question. Is Dumbledore the type to brew his own, or is he going to make Snape do it for him? Mm. I think he's a good, he's obviously a, a, a oh, for sure. potioner because, you know, he discovered the 12 uses of dragon's blood. Right, for sure. Oh, that's but, true, yeah. But, like, I can see him being like, hey, Severus, whip me up more of that Felix Felicis. Thing. See, I can see him going into Severus's wares and then just stealing things. And then Severus is like, hey, I'm missing Harry these things. And then Dumbledore's like, yeah, Dumbledore's like, oh, it must have been that Potter kid again. <laughs> I'll go find yes, Harry. Harry. So, Rob, you mentioned about the ingredients that are kept in snakes, Snape's wares as far as how to make liquid luck. Did you Maybe just say you... Captain Snake? Captain Snake, another good <laughs> dog name. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? You said Captain, Captain. Snake. Captain <laughs> Kept, 
kept in Snape's wares. <laughs> kept in Snape's wares. <laughs> Snape stores these ingredients inside his wares, um, inside his secret stash. And so I'm looking at my advanced potions book, and it does outline a couple of different things that you need uh, to make liquid luck. It seems like it's a pretty complex potion in order to make, and maybe that's why it's a little bit more rare than some of the other potions that we see. It takes, I'm seeing it takes six months six to months brew. Six months after you, well, it's not mm-hmm. six months to brew, but it needs to like age for six like, months, apparently. Uh, and this is how you know luck wine. is a lady, because you look at the ingredients, what's in there? Ashwinder eggs. Oh, Ashwinder, Ashwinder eggs, eggs pop which back are up. also an ingredient for Amortensia. If you've seen mm-hmm. the love potion episode, shout out to the love potion episode. Amortensia also has Ashwinder eggs in it. And that's how you know luck has to be. Luck be a lady tonight. Um, but there's also, there's common stuff. Like there's common rue. Um, there's also squill bulbs, which like we use squill bulbs here in the muggle world uh, for cough syrup. No. Squill is used for cough syrup. Is that for like, is that like symbolic for like, don't choke on the situation? Like, hey, don't blow the situation. Oh, that's good. That's much better than what I thought. I thought it was just how like people would just take some z You know what I mean? Like liquid luck gives you that momentum that you need in order to achieve your pursuits or achieve your goals. Maybe this part is kind of like, hey, don't choke. Which we've never mentioned that, that Felix Felicis was, was developed by a 15th century uh, wizard named Zygmunt Budge. Zygmunt Budge. Actually, Zygmunt see that coming. Budge. He was actually, from my notes, he's actually a pretty accomplished potioneer. He didn't even graduate from Hogwarts. He left after the age of 14. So, like, he was in Hogwarts for, like, three years and left to pursue potions, basically. I bet you he was bullied. Yeah, you know, it's possible. This is the 15th century. You got a a Polish kid going to a British private school. (laughs) I mean, I've read C.S. Lewis's autobiography and heard about the things that were going on in British private school in the early 1900s, and I can't imagine how much worse it was in the 15th century. Well, Rob, actually, he's from the British Isles. Um, Says he was born somewhere in the British Isles in the 16th or 15th century. So his parents must be Polish. Well, I mean, it'd be Germanic back then. Yeah. This is actually kind of sad. I'm reading about him here, and it says his mother did not seem to care for him much. Um, Referring to him, yeah, called him fungus face, I guess, on account of his not so good looks, which are her fault, you know. (laughs) Like, you can't blame half of your genes, you know. I've never understood that logic either. Like, you're gonna make fun of how your kid looks when it's like. That's half you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm sure he probably would. Zygmunt was not somebody who would be very like happy-go-lucky which is odd because like you would think somebody who is brewing liquid luck would be a little bit more i don't know to me it makes sense sounds like life was kind of a little rough on him he's like there's got to be a better option than this i guess that's true yeah like you just need to feel good it's like robbed rule you know it's like you don't need to brew a love potion if you're already a 10. that's right yep (laughs) true yeah dime doesn't need a love potion you think robert pattinson was using love potions in the late 2000s i mean maybe now he is but you know like 
But 2006 you know, Robert Pattinson? No way. I feel like our Pats has gotten more attractive with age. Our, did you say our Pats or our you. past? Yeah. The ninth our grade Pat. Liz that lives inside of me is still in love with him from Twilight. Oh my gosh. But Zygmunt, I'll tell you what, Zygmunt, I feel like he reminds me of another potion master, one who we're all familiar with, a great man. You look at his picture, he's got raven <laughs> hair. Um, but Zygmunt reminds me a lot of Lil Snively. Good That's old possible. Um, yeah, another person here. who could have used a little dose of luck. And just worked on luck because he just need I feel like he just he just needed it. I feel like Felix Felicis is kind of like a bit of a plot hole in a lot of like situations that happen throughout the books. But like there's so many times where it's like I mean I understand it takes a while to create, but it's just like why would not almost everyone like I mean, granted, maybe you aren't a very skilled potion maker, but you've gotta like know someone and so it's like why would you not like have a little bit on hand just in case something happens? Like, I don't know. That just, I feel like I would have a little bottle of that tucked in like a kitchen cupboard in case, like, seems like there's death eaters running around our part of our part of town. Probably gonna take a sip of this and hide in the basement for a little bit until this rides out or something. Well, if people did that, they wouldn't have needed vanishing cabinets. And the vanishing cabinet industry would have collapsed. It's all a big scam by the producers of the vanishing cabinet. Okay, but how expensive are the ingredients in Felix Felicis? Because I know there's a few it's... that are like hard to come by, so it's like. So we haven't gone through all of them yet. We did talk about Ashwinder eggs and then Squillbub juice. I don't think is very expensive, seeing Squill that we use it for medicine. Plan. But then there, you have to find a Mertlap. Which, if you don't know what a Mertlap is, a Mertlap, imagine the the most disgusting New York City rat you've ever seen. And then imagine that Finding Nemo lived on his back. (laughs) We actually see Mertlaps in um, Magical Beasts. Yeah, but Mertlaps are big rats, like naked mole rats, like Rufus from Kim Possible. And uh, they have anemones on their backs. And you have to cut the anemone off the back of a Mertlap. Yeah, and then chop that up and boil it. You got to watch out for their bites because they're known. Being bit by a Mertlap is known to showcase many symptoms, including sweating, twitching, and flames out of the anus. I mean, I don't blame them one second. (laughs) People are trying to cut these things off of your back. I'd be biting them too. Man, can you imagine that? Flames out of the anus? Flames out of the anus. Poor Kowalski. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So if you're, I'm just saying, like, if you're willing to touch a Mertlap, you got to be desperate for some luck. Well, Mertlap, it's used for different things. Like Hermione used essence of Mertlap to heal Harry's hand after he had gotten detention with Dolores Umbridge. Oh, that sounds so disgusting. And then (laughs) Fred and George had also used it to cure the boils caused by an early recipe of fever fudge. So I don't think it's super uncommon, right? Like... I'm not saying it's like... I'm like, sure they breed Mertlaps for potions use the same way that they breed cows and pigs for slaughter. Well, that's I'm sure so it's a hard. thing. <laughs> Mertlap farms. Exactly. They're found on the coast of Britain. I mean, they're native to Britain. Mertlaps, just, just absolutely disgusting. But then you've got like... 
On the other end of the spectrum, you just need a dash of tincture of thyme. Thyme, the regular herb. I think this is like an on-the-nose wordplay. You know why? Because a stitch in time, a stitch in time saves nine. I have no idea what that expression means. I think it just means that like it, it you you if you you know get to it now, you save work. You know what I mean? So like liquid luck, having to save yourself the effort of actually trying hard. I do think that this next ingredient though would probably be more of the expensive side of the ingredients, and maybe even more of the rare side. You do need a couple of grounded up eggshells from Akami which is found in the Far East in India. But For those they are of... expensive because they're made of pure silver. Oh, I didn't know this. Hmm. For those of you who are listening in with us and are unfamiliar with what an Akami is, it's a plump two-legged winged creature with kind of like a serpent's body. It kind of looks like a like a long, thin dragon. Oh, it looks like a Quetzalcoatl. Mixed with a bird. Bird's head. Snake body can fly. That's an aquaman. It has two legs. Yeah, but it's more like a it's it's an eastern you know uh, eastern dragon, where it's got the two front legs. You know what I mean? But no, it's like it's like an eastern uh, and by by eastern I mean like Asian dragon. So not like a European dragon with four legs, long slender flying body. But their eggs are pure silver. That's so right. So tough tough to get, very valuable. Because you, you know you don't want to fight. That's what a Newt leaves behind for him in the first magical beast and where to find him. So that way he could start up his bakery. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I guess it makes sense why it's called Akami too, is because Akami is a a term that's used to describe alloys such as silver. Mm. Oh, very nice. Well, I mean, I thought maybe I feel like an ostrich would be more dangerous. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's very tough to even acquire those eggs because you don't want to fight an ostrich for an egg. Gilderoy Lockhart actually briefly considered using Akami eggs as one of his ingredients for his line of hair care products. But I guess he just found that it was way too expensive to to pursue all of the different ingredients. And then you just when you finish the potion after you know, you stir clockwise, counterclockwise, mix the heat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you say Felix Sempra at the end is the the way that you kind of sealed the deal. And then you just wait half a year. Oh, isn't an Akami in Fantastic Beasts as well? It's that it's that uh, creature that lives in the house, right? That grew to the size of this big house. Yeah, it fills up oh, whatever it is. space. Yeah, it's like, and that's why that he would try man. to keep it in like a small little like thing that it grows to expand like fill whatever space it's in but there are other ingredients in felix felicis that we haven't touched up on that are a little bit more common than akami eggs let's see here there's you need to sprinkle a little bit of rue petals and then after it has been meticulously aged and has been brewed the proper way which you can imagine over the course of six months that can make things really really complicated this potion is known to be very, very catastrophic if brewed incorrectly, which is maybe adds on to the fact why it's so rare is because of the length of time that it takes, the particularness of the items, at least for the alchemy eggs, and then also the length of time that it takes to brew the potion. All those things can weigh in on the wizard and the circumstances that play out to make it a little bit more tricky to brew the correct way. But once you have everything done, for six months, it's it's sat, it's rested, it has brewed to perfection. You then take your wand 
And in a figure eight motion, you swish and flick and say, Felix Emperor, which apparently is a spell only used for this potion. Like it doesn't necessarily do anything outside of just produces liquid luck. Yeah, like seals it all together, I guess. Because it's not like you can go over to something else and do Felix Emperor. Because guess what happens? Nothing. I'll tell you what, I, I know that uh, the answer here is not me, but you know, the, the one of us who you would trust to mix a good sample of Felix Felicis. Oh, it'd be Liz. Obviously Liz. Yeah, yeah. obviously Liz. <laughs> no. I no. Liz, can't trust me. I'd forget about it. I wouldn't put down a good label on the bottle. Liz, didn't you something. score an outstanding on your owls? Well, you know, here's the thing is that when it comes to potion in my owls, I get full points when it comes to the logistics of it. When it comes to the presentation of the potion, you know how, like, when in the books, they were supposed to have a very lavender color and Hermione's was off purple. I would say Abby would achieve that lavender color. I, was gonna, <laughs> I wasn't going to toot my own horn, because, especially because you guys were like, well, let's do it. I was like, dang, like, all right. But I feel like... <laughs> Silently hurt. <laughs> like, well, fine, you know, everyone has to... But it's like, when I feel like, you know, no shade to Liz, like, she does fine. But it's like, I feel like when it comes to, like, that attentiveness and, like, you know, I would do very well with, like, throwing the detail is not my strong suit i know for a fact it would not be me for the last couple of times that we've tried to make or that i've tried to make our famous or relatively famous matuzo family sauce i've butchered the amount of salt that you're supposed to put in always mixing it up with tablespoons and so i know for me (laughs) it is it it is not gonna work for (laughs) it's not going to work not for the animagus stuff not for love potions and clearly not for liquid luck either. I do think that potion making aligns itself a little bit more towards those who are housed in like Slytherin or Ravenclaw more so than it does for people who are like Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. That's just me. Right, except for Neville Longbottom. <laughs> well, to be fair, like a lot well, of Neville that with herbology. Had to do with, like well, but like I feel Neville struggled so much because he was terrified of Snape, and it's yeah. like well, he actually mm-hmm. was bad at potions. I take it back. Well, you know but, what? You're yeah, right, Jay. But, I'm back on board with you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you know, like for example, Snape threatened to um, Neville was like struggling to make a potion, and he Snape was like, you know what? Whatever Neville creates, we're gonna like feed it to his toad. And if it wasn't like perfect, it would like kill his toad. It was like Poor Neville is the herbology kid. You know, you don't want to be the herbology kid in school. I would love to be the herbology <laughs> You're up with kid. my old painting nickname, Jay. You remember this? Hey, weed boy. <laughs> <laughs> painting dorm rooms over the summers to pay for college. And so he would. We would go out and they sometimes they would run out of rooms for us to paint. People would have to move out or something fell through. And so my job was pulling weeds in the in the flower beds around all the buildings. Our boss pulled over in his car, his air conditioned car in the middle of 95 degree heat. While I'm outside pulling <laughs> weeds, he's like, hey, weed boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sipping his iced tea. You know, when you get a nickname and you're like, oh, crap, that's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That one's going to stick. And that's how that's how I know I'm not climbing the ladder. (laughs) But we do know of one other student at Hogwarts throughout, you know, at least Slughorn's history 
his tenure of being at Hogwarts that was known to have brewed the perfect drought of living death and worthy of a prize that very few had ever achieved. Exactly. And that is the sample size, the little file of liquid luck. Now, it does not necessarily state in the series who this previous student would have been. And I mean, we could certainly take guesses as far as who we think that student oh, could one be. Of two. We one do of know, two. we do know that the student was before 1997, probably even even before Harry's time. And well, how when did when did Slughorn stop teaching? Maybe that will well, help. It would have been it would have been after their parents' time in Hogwarts. Let's see. Because, yeah, because, because he, Slughorn remembers teaching Lily. So well, some somewhere between be James student. and Lily and then Harry Potter. So we can cut out that period of time, right? Because Slughorn eventually retires and then Dumbledore has to bring him back. And then there was the lady from the Hollyhead Harpies. I feel like that's the end point. I think the answer is obviously only one of two, though, right? I mean, it has to either be Lily Evans or Severus Snape. Well, I, I mean, feel like it's Lily because, like, he whenever like Harry would brew a perfect potion, he just like would rave about him and compare him to Lily, and he said that she was like, you know, just an exceptional potion maker. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he would have verbalized if it was Snape. I feel I like that, the contrary, I feel the opposite. Yeah. I feel like he would have said it was Lily to Harry if it was Lily. So like That's if fair. Harry was the one that brewed the perfect potion, he would have, I feel like, told Harry, oh, what are the odds that both potters, you know, would have come up with this perfect concoction? Uh, I Rob, think you felt very strongly that somebody else. I think that it's Snape, and I'll tell you why. Because how does Harry earn that vial of Felix Felicis? He reads the, the directions note. in his textbook, and it's Harry following Snape's notes that earns him the prize. But I think it fits in with the foreshadowing, definitely, that begins with the Half-Blood Prince, because that's when Harry first gets his textbook, and then to the end of the book where you have the revelation that Snape is the Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's it's definitely Snape, and the reason why... Slughorn doesn't just be like, oh, yeah, and the other was your defense against the dark arts professor was because it would have blown the revelation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's clearly Snape's book. But here's my thing. Like, so say Snape was the person that had brewed it perfectly and that was rewarded the liquid luck. What would he have used it on? Like, he clearly did not Snape, use it to win Lily Evans back. Right. Like, Snape, (laughs) if he had gotten liquid luck, then. Where is his accomplishment? If he had ever taken it, where is it that it's like it helped him in any way? Because we see Snape throughout his tenure at Hogwarts just being bullied and outcast, not well liked, and just literally very, everything very not going his way. Yeah. Right. Like not lucky at all. And it's like you would at least have, if he had taken this vial, he would at least had to have something happen to him. I mean, look at what ha- happened with Harry. When he took the liquid luck, all of these things transpired. He went over to Hagrid's and he successfully got the memory from Slughorn. He successfully broke up Ron and Lavender Brown's relationship. That's true. That did happen. bumped into Ginny Weasley. And just like every white woman jumping to conclusions, (laughs) blamed her man 
and ended up leading to the the destruction of her and Dean Thomas's relationship. So like Harry. all of these things happen within a matter of hours for Harry. Like yeah, yeah. you would think that so there would be some kind of domino effect for Snape. You know, I think that the lack of luck is the real key here. And it makes me believe now stick with me on this because I have absolutely no evidence for it, but stick with me. I believe that the absence of luck in Snape's life revealed to us that Snape never used the liquid luck. Hmm. But if Snape didn't use it, did he lose it? No, did he give it to Snape would else? never lose a potion. He probably had like a Packer tracker, you know, like a, like a you know, tile like tracker. Had, oh yeah, <laughs> he had, tracker he had every he had everything. A trapper keeper, you know, everything. So everything's organized in its place. No, I think there's something more sinister at play here. Because who's good friends with Severus Snape? Lily Evans. And who else likes Lily Evans? James' Snape's greatest enemy. Oh. The bully of Hogwarts. Oh. James Potter. In the middle of the night, using his invisibility cloak to get into the Slytherin common into room, into the Slytherin common room in the dungeons, and dug through, and and this wouldn't be hard to find because obviously Snape's Snape stuff is very well organized and well labeled, so it wasn't hard to find at all. And James Potter took that Felix Felicis, drank it, dismantled <laughs> the relationship that Snape had with Lily Evans. And then oh. it's in that moment where Snape calls her mudblood against all other odds. Oh. I have never and thought of ready this to sweep in and pick up the scraps. <laughs> scraps. I'm here to I'm here to get the seconds, and then he comes in with the scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Matt comes in. Yeah, Dennis, you go in, you get yours, and then Dennis, I come in as for seconds. And then Frank comes in for the scraps. James Potter, the Frank Reynolds of Hogwarts. <laughs> I've never considered this, but I feel like it's totally within the realms of possibility that it would be James Potter who, in a fit of rage, jealousy. in a fit of jealousy, would have gone back over to the Slytherin common room, breaking into Snape's wares, because he would have had the Marauder's map at this mm -hmm. point in time as well. So it there makes it even more of an easier task to do, knowing that Snape isn't there, knowing that maybe even his roommates are not there. Now, me personally, I did not think of James Potter, though I, I am kind of leaning that direction now. Well, so him and Sirius were considered to be like very smart and very bright and very talented with like just in general at school. I oh, thought yeah. Sirius was more of like the goofball slacker, like I mean, he was bad he boy. Was you can't be a bad boy with all them tattoos and be in potions good class. Grades? Yeah, <laughs> you can't be in potions class. Like, oh yeah, I whipped up a great potion today. His street I mean, like gone. they were very smart. Like it's, and I think like that's part of maybe why they were able to get away with a lot of things is because it's like, yeah, they were causing a bunch of ruckuses, but also they were just very intelligent i mean it was like because of james and sirius specifically that they managed to come up with you know figuring out how to become an anime guy because mm -hmm. um like wormtail he wasn't a very bright student at all and so it's like there's no way he would have figured that out but i always yeah. thought that like sirius was more of a reflection of harry 
who was a brilliant wizard, but not that great at book smarts, but more street smarts. I always thought that they relied more on Lupin for all the book smart stuff. Um, no, Lupin was, um, he, Lupin, he's smart, but, like, his thing is, he was just, like, very, he just wanted people to like him so bad. He was, as I said, he was a smart guy, but, like, when Dumbledore made him, like, prefect, it was more, like, under the hope so that he would try and rein in James and Sirius, because he was a little more reserved. But it's like, you know, he grew up as, like, a werewolf his whole life, like, no one liked him, so he was desperate to be liked, so it's Mm -hmm. like, you know. But coming into today's topic, I was under the impression that it could have been not Lily Potter and maybe not Severus Snape. But think about this with me. What if that student was Tom Riddle Jr.? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Tom Riddle Jr. So here's the case for this. So we know that Tom Riddle was an excellent student, pitted himself to the pinnacle of achievement in everything that he would do. He wanted to be the best at everything. Best at dark arts. Best leader. Best, well, maybe, you know, best is under the realms of interpretation. You know, maybe more controlling and kind of more of a Putin kind of leadership. But, (laughs) But I can easily see Tom Riddle being one of the people that had also achieved this, uh, this reward this feat inside of Slughorn's potions class. I also can kind of see that um, Tom Riddle Jr. would have been someone who would have used this maybe to obtain more power or to obtain more success um, and to use this maybe even to question Slughorn about Horcruxes in the first place. Maybe Tom Riddle Jr. took a little swig of that liquid luck before he had asked Slughorn about Horcruxes, Horcruxes. and he had already known that he had a well-established relationship with Slughorn, but we're told in the books that he was kind of preparing this topic, preparing this question for Slughorn for weeks, kind of coming up with the courage or coming up with the perfect way to ask him about it. I can also see why Slughorn wouldn't have said Tom Riddle Jr. as Oh, and the only other person who had achieved this feat was Tom Riddle Jr., also known as Lord Voldemort, in front of everybody inside Potions class. I bet sure. you he would probably have bragged that only one other person had achieved it to brew this potion of Drought of Living Death with such perfection. But I can also see how he would have kept it under the rug that it was actually Lord Voldemort. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Feasible. I don't think as likely as Severus Snape, but also feasible. Very good argument. I don't think it's as plausible as James Potter stealing the Felix Felicis in the dungeon. It's like a clue game with the invisibility cloak in the dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Liz, where are you falling on this? I think it's some random person that we don't know. There has been, okay, that like maybe has been mentioned in the past. I can see the foreshadowing, but I think it's so brief and that J.K. Rowling is usually more upfront about foreshadowing for it to be like, oh, it was Snape. And I agree, like, I think Slughorn is the type of person who would say upfront, 
And it was your Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Snape, because mm-hmm. people who he was proud of, he put on his little slug club wall, right? And he loved Maybe taking he the would... credit for him, yeah. Maybe he was not a big fan of Snape's, though. It could be. I mean, but Snape I think was never part more... of the slug club. It could very well be somebody like, um, who was it on Snape's family that was a wizard? I was like, going to say, mother, like, what if it was his Snape. mom? Eileen Prince was her name. Eileen. You know who else is a part of the slug club that could very well have been somebody who had achieved this, who had gotten the liquid luck? We see amongst the many pictures on Slughorn's shelf, Slughorn raising a glass of brandy next to four other students. One sitting next to him, right there by his side, with a green tie, black robes, and long platinum blonde hair. Ooh. You guessed it, Malfoy. Lucius, Lucius. Malfoy was Lucius. a part of the slug club back in the day. He was. Of course, he was so rich and Lucius. Yeah. Exactly. Was it because he was a rich and part of a rich and powerful family, or was it because he was talented? I am hesitant to think it was because he was talented. Yeah, I think there's a combination of both. I think it's my um, reflection of Lucius's abilities is highly um, weighed upon the memes that I've seen lately of Lucius <laughs> unable to do housework after he loses Dobby. Those are so good. <laughs> I think it's just somebody who was probably part of the slug club and was a good student and happened to succeed at this one particular potion. Now we do have a list, a running tally of the different witches and wizards that were a part of the slug club throughout the years should we go over them i feel like that's a different episode in general we'll have to save that we'll have to save that for a special episode going over going over all the members of the slug club through history because we're in their ranks we've joined their ranks and i hope they didn't keep cormac mcclagan in there (laughs) (laughs) i think after he had thrown up he was probably kicked out very promptly (laughs) I think after he failed to make the Quidditch team. And get out of here! I don't ever want to see you again! Even if I see you! (laughs) And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you! (laughs) And even if I did have the antidote for vomiting, I wouldn't give it to you! Well, you guys, I think that about covers it. I mean, I've got to take Wooly Willy here over to the airport. Um, I did promise him food, and I'm going to make sure I treat him to one of the greatest steak dinners that you can have here in America. And by steak dinner, I mean steak and shake. Honestly, I'm disappointed you're not taking him out for a shamrock shake, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Well, he can get those in Ireland. You know what I mean? I think I think this time yeah. of year, leprechauns are raiding the McDonald's take drive through window constantly. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for joining us for this episode of the Slug Club Podcast. If you like the conversation and you want to hear more, you can find the Slug Club Podcast on Spotify or also on Apple Podcasts. If you want to join in on the conversation and give us ideas for new conversations, new podcast episodes, you can follow us on our social media at The Slug Club on Instagram or on Facebook. We'll see you guys later, but until then, mischief managed. The Slug Club podcast is a creative discussion between Harry Potter fans and has no affiliation whatsoever with Warner Brothers, J.K. Rowling, or any of their affiliates. All opinions expressed in the Slug Club